Hey, welcome to another mile post here on the V-Twin Life. V-Twin Life is brought to you by a few great companies. One being Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them out of Oregon. Great company specializing in clothes, doing work on bikes now. You can check them out at CrashInClothing.com. They got a lot of great stuff. Hey, head on over there. Maybe they got something you like. And we can't forget, wild ass. You like pounding miles, you like riding, you want to be in comfort. Hey, maybe strap a wild ass under your ass and ride with an air cushion and be comfortable for hours. And can't forget Custom Dynamics, leading the industry in lighting LED technology. Man, these guys got some great stuff. So head on over to Custom Dynamics and check it out. Now, let's get to another mile post of the V-Twin Life. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a Saturday edition of the V-Twin Life, bringing back one of the guys from the beginning that really helped get things going. That's got some high intensive energy and he's got some killer stuff going on right now and all this on his platform. So tonight we got the man from Texas, Mr. Connor FXDB. What's going on, Connor? Howdy, howdy. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated and a whole lot of nothing. It's hot down here. So we're just trying to stay indoors in the AC and get some iced coffee. Iced coffee. Hey, I love iced coffee. It's one of my favorites. White chocolate cinnamon. That, that's my go-to. Four shots of espresso, good to go. Damn, it's a lot. You, you got to get primed. You got to get going. It'll get you going for sure. <laughs> Woo! Heck yeah. So I know it's been fun watching, you know, the over, God, the last couple of years, all the transitions of uh, Ron Burgundy, all the all the ways he's went down the highways, the sidetrack to the track and and everything going on. It's like, it's been crazy. You, you love changing stuff up and, it's cool to see what you've been able to build from one frame, essentially, uh-huh. of all the, the transitions you've done and whatnot. So what kind of what sparked the the newest one? Uh, idle hands, really, that and paired with me going to a couple chopper shows like dude, that's so dope. And I just have so many hobbies. You know, I wanted to buy another frame, like a sports frame. I go, no, let me just, I was actually going to trade it in. That was like, uh, not very many people know about this, but some people reached out to me when I was starting to take off some parts and they're like, what are you getting? And the them thought I was going out to the DST or I can't remember what else. And my initial plan was to trade it and just leave Harley all together for now. And I was looking at an adventure bike or like a small adventure bike where it was the Aprilia Touareg 660. I had test ridden it and I loved it. And a couple of my buddies had just transitioned to adventure bikes. And I was going out to ride dirt bikes and I loved it. And I thought it would be cool to uh, take the, the adventure bike into some of those trails in the off road park and that way. Because not many people were doing it. I go, it's light enough. I feel comfortable enough. I could probably do it. And so I was going to trade it in. And then I had accidentally sold my damper tube rods when I was just. I have a lot of takeoff parts, but for some reason, I think somebody asked me if I had my stock ones. I said, yeah, sure. And I sent it off and I forgot all about it. And I had reached out to a dealership and they said, hey, we're going to give you so much money for your bike. And a lot of dealerships were just trying to just cut the rug from under me. Like, even though I had all those parts minus the wheels, like, because uh, I would take those off and put stock wheels that they were going to offer anything like six or seven. But I was like, let alone, I had like 7,000 in it. So I said, no, I appreciate it, but we're just going to politely declined the offer and then one dealership offered me what was a substantial amount for it and i go okay cool let me just figure it out and i'll put some stock stuff on it and i'll take it by the dealership so you can get eyes on it and then i forgot i had the damper tubes no more and i said i had ordered them i had to wait like two weeks 
I said, well, let's just put on some some longer fork tubes. They're 200 bucks. I'm just going to order them. And I ordered that and I ordered the extensions because at first it was, I ordered plus eight, but there was an undetermined amount of time for when they were going to actually be fulfilled. So then I canceled that order. I ordered a plus six and then I ordered a plus two extension. So that way I could get both the plus six and the plus eight. And when I put it on, I go, that looks pretty dope. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. It's my new one, American Hat Coat. So and, actually, uh, uh, J-Man wants to know what gallon is that? Uh, I'm going to say it's probably like a six gallon. I don't know if it's a 10 gallon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a six inch crown. So it ain't cut and tall. And then I thought it looked cool. So I said, all right, let me, let me throw some spokes on there. Do some spokes. I go, all right, let me drop the shock. I go, oh, I wonder how it would look like with zombie ball with a uh, uh, rabbit ears from zombie performance. So I did it. And then I just love the look of it. I was like, oh, shoot, looks like we're going to run with this. And then born free was coming up uh, in Texas in October. Oh, excuse me. And I said, well, let's just kind of see what we can do. I just taken some welding classes and that way I can actually put that stuff to use what I've learned and that kind of like real life practice. And then that's kind of where it started. And I have a peanut tank that I have to retrofit to fit the M8 frame. And I have a fender that I'm going to retrofit itself. It's a close fit. I just have to shave some stuff. And then after that, I'm going to try to make my own sissy bar and make a custom king and queen seat. And then if budget and time allows, I'm going to paint it all and then be right there for born free Texas in October. Nice. I know since we'll back up for a minute. I mean, you were on God, the very beginning when we first started, which just was, you know, back when it just did the audio format. So, you know, some of the guys maybe not listen to that. When did you get into motorcycles? Where'd it come into life for you? We'll kind of, we'll refresh some people and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I'd always wanted a motorcycle growing up, uh, like middle school, high school, college. I just never had the money for it. And then one year I just said, I'm going to do it. And so my buddy had actually bought a sportster and, they gave me the MSF course for free to kind of tag along. I go, heck yeah. And that was the first time I ever straddled the bike, threw my leg over one and turned it on all that. And I was like, oh, I got hooked. I got immediately wanted one. And I was looking at a dyno or sportster. And I know that's a, a topic for a lot of people. Like, I don't know which one to get is like the bigger class bike would be too much for me. And long, a short answer is just be comfortable. Even if you get the big bike, as long as you have the fundamentals on clutch work, throttle, everything, and just, you know, have the confidence that you're going to be okay. Get the bigger bike. You're going to be fine. And I'm glad I did because I had the larger tank and that's what really started me wanting to explore San Antonio. I was in West San Antonio and then there was a Castroville is a small town that had a farm road kind of going to it, farm to market. And it was like 30 minutes away. That was my first long distance. I was like, oh, man, this was wild. And then after that, I go, let me see how far I can go. Then we went to Bandera. Then started connecting all the hill country. And the more I progressed, so I will back it up. That I, was, uh, I, wasn't I was a little unsure of my skills. And in order to b become a better rider, the right turns would always freak me out. Uh, I, was, I wouldn't be able to make a, a concise or sharp turn. I'd have to do a long loop. And I identified that might be kind of a little bit of detrimental in, in possibility in case I need to turn right all of a sudden and so forth, right? And so I would just go around my neighborhood for 500 miles. It was basically just going, stopping, taking a right turn, taking a left turn. Just I put in so much seat time and becoming better because at that time, if it wasn't for my buddy Shane, everyone else that we met had like this kind of nose-up attitude that, oh, if you don't have thousands of miles into your belt, you, we can't ride with you. And, you know, they didn't, probably didn't feel comfortable or they didn't want to have to babysit. I guess it would be like what everyone could uh, interpret that as. And so I just said, uh, you know what? I'm going to become better. I'm, everything I get, I'm going to pass along to everybody. 
And with all that, the information I started getting, uh, I started creating a YouTube video because I was brand new, no knowledge whatsoever. And a lot of stuff out there was basically, hey, everyone already knows how to do this. We're breaking apart a motor. We're going to start at step 200 versus the one to 200. And I always said, no question is a dumb question. I get tons of messages on Instagram that even though they, I'll be like, hey, man, check out my new FXR lowrider. And they're like, hey, man, what bike is that? And I'm like, it's in the caption. But I always have the patience because people have the patience with me to just be like, hey, as simple as it is, it's going to take two seconds out of my time. I said, oh, man, it's FXR lowrider. This is the year. And I'll be like, oh, that's dope. And I try to stay true to this as much as possible because as, as the numbers climb up for uh, followers, subscri- subscribers, uh, that people tend to kind of kind of see you in a, in a higher light. It's just not that like you are cool, you know, you're not that better than anyone else, but just somehow society teaches that like they have, uh, their word brings a little more weight, but it's not the case, right? So you're, cause you're still a person. And I always message them back and they're just always like, oh, I can't believe you respond. And I go, hey man, I'm always gonna respond. It may take me a day or two later after the fact, but I'm always gonna respond. Don't feel that you have like, you know, just stuff like that. It's just, I, I can go on about this just because if it wasn't for everyone else giving me the energy and like the the support, I wouldn't be able to put it up so much stuff. We're just kind of being silly, having fun and, and just kind of bringing more, a welcoming attitude to everybody. Well, I think it comes along lines where, you know, you're, you're a real genuine person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been, you know, feel great and honored, you know, be able to, you know, call you one of my friends. We got to know each other really well, you know, in, in the beginning, I mean, you were on, God, you had by yourself. And then we had the, uh, Oh, what the hell did we title it? Something the Asphalt Podcast. You and uh, oh, FDLX Brooklyn and Von Gasphalt. I think that was 20. Those guys were so rad, dude. And I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. It, it's really cool to, you know, even doing what I'm doing, doing this. But it's, you know, how, I've said it so many times, like a broken record. The biggest reward to this is the friendships that I've made with every person I've got to, you know, do a, do a milepost with and interact and get to know with, you know, what's fun. I love to do it. You know, you set up a, you know, a mile post. I always try to at least, you know, a couple phone calls with that person prior. So you're not going in blind, you know, you shoot the shit on the phone for, you know, a half hour, a couple times or whatnot. And I think it really helps. And, you know, you, you're building that friendship and, you know, even watching as your platform grows, you know, your reels lately you've been putting out and all the stuff. It's, you know, I love how you said it, even though people, you know, you, you see those creators, I guess you could call them influencers, whatever you want to call me. You know, they have those very large subscriber, you know, numbers. So tons of people follow them. And, you know, you can comment on something, but it's like, yeah, I'll never get anything back. But it's, mm-hmm. I love the way you said that. So, you know, I will take the time to get back to people because, you know, it's, you're part of the, you know, circle, part of the community. And it's all about giving back and helping everybody else. I mean, we all started somewhere and we all learn. And it's, it's neat to get that, you know, messages back that positive you know feedback from people that you don't expect it them to comment and i think that's awesome yeah and it's like uh fast forwarding a little bit to where from where i started to where like about a year and a half ago with the track setup that when i was trying to get for more clearance essentially trying to make my low rider uh and build it kind of how my dyno was that i was going to shave the frame i think one uh, yeah one other person had done it uh I'm, i'm drawing a blank on his name i'm sorry man but he's from florida and uh julio evertiti uh, or Everidi, i'm sorry if I, I butchered your last name he was the one who did it and i had kind of scratched the surface and wanting to do it and he was more than happy to answer all the questions that i had 
gave me a bunch of photos for reference and I said, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to shave my frame, add this shock. I got a custom length bottle shock at 14 and a half inches. And at the time I, I was very public. I'm always public with what I do. Like, uh, oh, I'm going to do this. And, you know, cause I make mistakes and I'll put out those mistakes. So people will be like, oh, I'm not the only one. Cause I, I don't Loctite a lot of stuff and I usually never have an issue, but when I Loctite stuff, it tends to fly off. And, uh, basically is that I had a lot of people saying, why are you doing that? There's no need to do that. You're like, you're, you're dumb, et cetera, et cetera. And I go, well, you know, it's my bike. In worst case, I mess it up. And I need to buy a whole new swing arm or frame worst case. And I did it. And there was a, even a couple of shops that were like, this is dumb, whatever. And I'm like, oh, cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. Whatever. I did. I just let it slide off my bike, off my back. And then I did it and it looked so sick. And then everyone's like, yo, man, how'd you do it? Like, can I get some insight? And I could have been bitter, you know, like how it's just the easy thing to do. But I recorded it because I was like, one, I'm going to need to reference this down the line. And a lot of times whenever I take apart my bike, I look at my old videos to look for torque specs. And so I'm like, yes. Uh, and so I just share it. I, I, I send them the video and uh, any issues that I had, which I hadn't had any, uh, that I would say this is what I did. Give them detailed information and just putting my the time to answer it properly. And I would just say, hey, if anyone asks you, just pass the message along. And whether you like you reference the videos or if you just you know, give them the time because it's just the pay it forward aspect. And I've always just been a huge proponent of putting good vibes out there, kind of like putting out what you receive and just being that person in the community that for the new rider, again, it all goes back to that because you meet so many people at these bike events, even at cars and coffee. I meet so many people that come and look at my bike or, and they just kind of chop it up. And I'm just like, Hey, what's up, man? Do you ride? Oh, you don't. Cool. And they're like, Oh, I'm thinking about riding. And then that's your, your opportunity to be a, ambassador for the motorcycle group the riding and everything on how much fun it is and how it's affected your life and what you would get enjoyment from it and so it's just so much fun like every part of it the mistakes because you remember the mistakes like damn that was expensive i won't do that again or if you get caught in the rain or in the freezing temperatures you're like this is miserable but then at the end or like a year later you're like dude you remember that time we were caught in the rain it was so terrible i was like this is the longest ride of our lives and you're like haha so much fun and all of it, I think, it's just like there's such a passion for it with so many people that people can go well, on it. And it's part of the memories. I mean, you know, you, you embrace the suck at the end. You know, I mean, yeah, there's – I think everybody's, you know, had a trip where you've had this – the miserable parts where, like you say, in the pouring rain, cold temperatures, and at that moment it sucks. But even that night, you know, you get to your destination, you know, you get up, you know, change your clothes, get warm again, and you can look back and laugh at those moments. So, you know, it's just – it's all part of the adventure. It's like, you know, I don't – know many people that set out for fun to go ride in the rain but you know when you're traveling on a motorcycle it's bound to happen and is it fun well no not really but you, you embrace the moment and you can look back when it's over and say you know what man that was just crazy this happened you know the rain and pouring you can't see nothing but it's just it's all the adventure and there's so many people like when i moved from san antonio to north austin didn't know anybody and i would just post on facebook okay hey, i'm gonna go ride and i would post on instagram and a couple people i'd meet up with and that I, I to now have so many friends up here and I go to a lot of motorcycle events. Moto Social is a big one that I go to because it's people from all types of bikes and it's so much fun all the time. Yeah, I keep paying it forward, always pay it forward. And uh, it's just tons of fun, dude. Like I'm so thankful for having to start riding and the buddy who actually got me into it passed uh, it's about two, three years ago. And every now and then I think about it, like my dog, my dog Shane, man, like if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be riding. So I always owe it to him. Well, I think, you know, another thing, like you were talking about earlier, you're doing the videos and whatnot, even 
free memory, but it's, you know, some of the stuff that you've done with your bike is not, you're not doing common builds. So I think, you know, being able to show what you've done with that bike over, you know, that your transition to builds and what you've been able to do with it is can be inspiring to other people because, you know, you, you get a bike, you got to live within your means. Okay, cool. Well, Hey, can I do this? Well, I'm not sure. You know, you, you get on the old interweb, you start looking up, well, Hey, you know, look what Connor, you know, look how he changed, modified and made these setups. Like, man, maybe it can be done. And, you know, you can help inspire other people to, you know, go the extra mile, you know, might take a little bit more fab work, a little bit more time, but you can do some crazy things. It just takes, you know, the, the right mindset. And, you know, by you doing what you're doing, documenting, you know, all the, the stuff you've done, you know, it can help a lot of people inspire them to, to take the, you know, the leap saying, well, I guess it can be done, but you know, it's going to take me a little bit, but he did it. So, Hey, I'm going to follow along and use some of his ideas and, and go. Yeah. And, and the, with my Dyna, since it was my first bike, I took it to the shop a couple of times and I'll always be thankful for Bill Sims at Caliente Hard Davidson that he would answer a lot of my questions. I'd be waiting for my bike to, for something to be done. The oil change of the bars got swapped and he would just be in like the lobby and I'd kind of ask him a couple of questions. Super nice guy would answer all the questions as dumb as they were. And he would give me a little grief every now and then. But after that, I was always like, man, I want to build my bike to this level. I think I know industries that just started really putting out easy videos. I was like, yo, that's so dope. And then I got the lowrider. I traded the Dyna for it. And then I got that. And uh, that's right. No catalog. Just going as we feel. And with everything that I've done to it, with the exception of wheeling into the dealership to have them remove a bolt, I did everything myself. Like, it's been so wild. Like, I didn't know a lot of the stuff I did. I said, F it. Like, especially when I got some $800 fork tubes and I had to shave out the bottoming cone. I was like, oh, hold on. This is so sketch. But we did it. Uh, we got the cartridges in and everything. And then it was funny because we were doing our chain conversion and we took everything off. Like, I mean, just the frame essentially. And I couldn't get that front sprocket bolt loose. And I'm just like, where were my impact? Bah, nothing. And so I call my buddy Oscar at TTI. I go, hey man, do you have an impact bar? He goes, yeah, swing by. I go get his. Dah. Like 20 minutes, like nothing. Like, ah, oh, bro. And thankfully I have the van. And so I just wheeled it off, put the wheels back on, wheeled it to the dealership. I'm going through the service bay doors, and they always know. I'm like, when I'm rolling it, like, all right, here, here's Connor. What's going to happen today? <laughs> I roll it in just the frame. They're just like, and I was just like, my bike won't start. I don't think it has any gas in it. And they're just like, oh my God, here we go. And they just knocked it out real quick. I mean, even then, it took it was like 30 minutes. So they're just hitting with heat. And it's like they got like 20 tubes of red Loctite and just gunked it on there. And then that was it. It did everything else, the rest. And, uh, and it was so dope just because everything on that bike I have done, I shaved the frame, which was super sketch, uh, all the chopper stuff I've done, uh, and just everything. It's just so this bike has been more hands-on and involved and has made me grow as, as a rider in that aspect. And that I can, now I've taken my fortunes apart so many times that I could probably do a full like fork swap in like 20 minutes. Like uh, I have so many buddies reach out to me like, hey man, I'm gonna change up my forks. Can you help me with this? I'm like, yeah, sure. I have so many like dust seals. I'm basically like a front suspension shop. I don't know much about like the, <laughs> the rates and stuff and how to fine tune it, but I mean, I could just do that stuff. We're like, oh yeah, bring it in 20 minutes. Done, done out. But yeah, dude, this like, I've loved this bike so much that even though I was going to get rid of it, that it's helped me grow so much as a person. And then now with the chopper setup, now it's like having everything so from, from track setup to how it was and dialed, 
in that I had basically it was my dream bike that I had built. I had it ridden like, for how I wanted it back in the day. And I was like, oh, dude, that was a moment of just like inner peace. Like, hell yeah. Like, this is this is my bike. Like, I ride this every day. And then uh, when I was just kind of going the opposite way and did the chopper thing, it's so like cool and I'm appreciative that for some reason, just the way it's set up, like you just want to relax. And even though I'm like on the toll road here and it's like 85 is like the speed limit, I'm still going like 60 on the far right. And I'm just cruising, just enjoying the sun. And it's really slowing everything down. It's just been like, dude, Harleys are just so, bikes in general, it's just, I'm so thankful for everything it's given me. It's been my, my escape. Like if I ever feel anxious about anything or if i'm frustrated or if i just want to go out and just enjoy the, the sunset that's coming out like i'm gonna go ride if i want to kick it with friends go have coffee just bs here and there take photos there's so much that's given me that is just so dope well even though you know i love when you took it and you you built the touring platform out of it you know you did the pelican hard cases and everything and you, you built it into a, a touring bike to go slam down miles and it's like that's damn good. impressive yeah yeah, that was, like, it's been a lot of, because I even tried to um, make it an adventure bike where I put on some knobbies, and I took it to an off-road spot, and I was over at Lindell Brake Shop in San Marcos, and they have a creek. I go, hey, is it cool if I run that creek? And they're like, yeah. So I'm just kind of, like, not ripping it. I'm just, like, literally just kind of laying the clutch out and walking around. I tried to clear some rocks, and I almost dropped it. And then as it was leaned over, I was like, oh, my God, my knee's going to blow out. I was like, 700 pounds was just like, oh, this is a bad idea. I didn't drop it, but I lifted it back up, and then I was like, "That idea's out the window. We're gonna, no, we're gonna stick with track." <laughs> no, that's freaking cool. Yeah, but it's cool. fun. I mean, you know, the it, it's you know, like I said, it's been a lot of fun. You've done some crazy stuff, and now, you know, that with the the chopper build, what headlights did you put on that? What are you running for those headlights? Uh, I think it's ox beam because. I was going to do some traditional halogens and, and swap out the bulbs for some LEDs. But then I think someone had just said, just F it, just try it. Worst case, you were trying to go, all right. Because they said that they were three inches. And I go, oh, that looks a little small, like on Amazon. And then, nope, they were actually four inches. And they looked like just the right size. And I was like, you know, we're going to run it. It's like a new take. It's just like Carly said, we're going to build choppers in 2023 with like an MA platform. And, there's a couple of things that you could probably like make it like the paint job supposed to be a little bit different, but with the peanut tank, we have an idea of what we want to do. And hopefully at that point, when we get to there, it'll look how we have it in our mind. But yeah, it's just a, uh, it, it's a cool, I was hesitant about the dual headlight. I go, Oh, I don't know about this. And I put it on. I was like, uh, uh, I don't know, man. And then I said, eh, whatever, we'll take some photos. And a lot of people were like, I don't know. And people keep on saying like, those lights are growing. I'm like, yes, me too. Hey, but I mean, people like them, and now I love them. Like, there's just I can't see it without those two lights. No, it's cool, and it, and it's different. That that's the you know the one thing that really caught my eye when I seen it. It's like, dude, those lights, because that's you know the whole point. What I love is you know looking at people when they start doing their own thing. You customize the bike, make the bike yours. You know your own. You know it's like well, like what Springer Mike could comment. Your bike is is an expression of you, and it's really cool to see how people change things up just to make them look yours. You know, you say, you know, uh, you know, you buy a motorcycle, it's think yourself as an artist and here's your blank canvas. You know, what are you going to do with it? And yeah. man, watching the, what you've done is like, man, you're a true artist of, of it. And it's been so much fun just watching all the stuff you've been able to do with, you know, one bike and the changes and directions that's went with it. 
I appreciate it. Yeah, I had someone reach out to me about that whenever I did the chopper setup and I like started blasting photos that they said it's they were like it's so cool to see what you can do with just a single platform. Like basically you can do track like with the M8 platform, uh like track, you can use your traditional kind of performance setup of what many people will do that's like on where you don't have funds. Cause basically when it came for the suspension, I, I didn't really need to buy it, but I said, whatever, we're just gonna charge the credit card, right? And boom, done. And we basically just built the front end just so that we could have it done and not even have to worry about it because we were doing track and there was a point where we were kind of in like a like a long sweeper down in San Marcos. And we're going, we're like about 85, 90 in a long sweeper. And then the front would start to fish. And at first I was like, oh, that's kind of whoops. I don't know if I was just unselling the bike. And then we went again, did it again, same thing. So I was like, oh, this is home. This is what it does. And so then we were like, let's upgrade our suspension, did that. And once we went with the GP suspension and dialed in, we had a guy locally, Roger, that he would just, you'd go ride it, you'd come back and you'd dial it in, boom, boom, run it again, check the suspension and send you out. And man, I would just be going like 90, 100 in that turn and just be just, it's like I was going 20 and it just handled so well. And yeah, it's just so much you can do with the platform. It's just a matter of, you know, what is fits your purpose, you know, how you want to do it. Even if your purpose is just to make it look sick that a lot of people always ask me like, Hey, what's the point of a chain? Do you see a benefit? I go, I'm gonna be honest. I did it for aesthetics. So that thing looks sick. Like outside that, if I throw a chain, I can change it pretty quickly, quicker than a belt. So that's a plus, but my sole reasoning was just because it looked sick. <laughs> that was sick. What are you running for internals on, on your front forks? Uh, now it's just stock. It was GP suspension uh, with the plus four setup. And it was set up for aggressive riding, canyon riding, and track riding. And, dude, that was just like, if you've never ridden with a dialed front suspension like that with cartridges, a lot of people like Legends. It's a good, it's a good brand for sure. That's usually the, like the most prominent one I hear. Like, hey man, I'm gonna get some Legends. Oh heck yeah! You know, if, as long as it suits your purpose, do it. But if you have the extra coin, I say check out GP suspension because, like, one, the customer service is super awesome. I accidentally fumbled, and when I got my plus two fork tubes, I was going with a 17 inch wheel, so the front dropped two inches, and it was like I was stuck. So I went from like normal, and then it was kind of canted forward, kind of like an R1. And I was like, oh, that's not what I want at all. Like, I just lost all the clearance I was trying to get. So I messaged Brisa and I said, hey, I kind of fumbled. And she goes, cool, just send us those back and we'll send you a new one. And uh, so I was like, oh, what? Most people would be like, you just got to buy another set. And so she did that. Uh, super awesome. And then I rode with it. I was like, oof, bro. And because I'd ridden a, a buddy's bike, Geyser. He was came out from California and he was fast. Like, you think fast and then there's like, guys just up here like just watching it was like oh and that's what got me into track i saw him he gave me a couple tips like oh, i'm doing track tomorrow and uh so yeah i did that and then now it's basically just uh the hd springs the heavy duty from progressive for a dyna because i had the plus two fork tubes already uh so i went with that and then i went plus eight so i'm running the 25.5 inch spring setup with like a long spacer yeah, a lot of the guys know Pierre, you know, and well, when I was down in Oregon with, you know, like crashing for a weekend, there a lot of the guys that are really loving, uh, was it Pro Action suspension? Mm. And I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, I guess a lot of guys they love, you know, they've been doing like with their bags or whatnot, doing the geezer trees and then the Pro Action cartridge, everything inside the forks. And I guess it's, you know, money is what they're saying. I guess it's just absolutely amazing. I mean, mine, I've went to the progressive and on the front of my road glide and mashed it with the rears mm -hmm. and, I'm, you know, happy that set up for, you know, for my style of riding, what I'm doing. and Exactly. Yeah. Like, you, like that's why I sold the front end, basically. is like after when I was no longer doing track days, 
I said, I don't need like this Gucci setup if I'm just going to go. I mean, if I'm late and I need to go get that Starbucks right quick, boom, we're gunning it. But outside of that, I don't even really need it. So I sold it. And that was just like all about that was just so smooth. I had a kid out of Florida reach out to me and saying, hey, how much for this setup? And usually like, you know, they lowball you anytime you sell anything. And I was like already having headaches from just imagining the conversation I was going to have. And this kid says, hey, man, can you go any lower? I go, unfortunately not. Like right now it's a steal because you're getting it for just the cartridges. I'm throwing in $400 tubes or $800 tubes plus this. And he goes, all right, cool. That, I just wanted to ask. I go, all right, well, all right. And then he goes, uh, you want to sell the calipers and everything else? So I literally just sold him my whole front end, shipped it, and that was it. Just one and done. That kind of less, you know, less headache. You get rid instead of, you know, piece here, piece going there, piece going here. Just lump some and here you go, man. Yeah, and then I, uh, I took the wheels off, uh, which were Lindo wheels, and I had a kid reach out to me and goes, hey, man, are you looking to sell the wheels? I go, no, but if you want to pay for them, this is how much they cost. And he goes, oh, no, so we're looking to get them for like 600 And I think he just thought it was like a set of R6 wheels, but the Lindo wheels are so, so sick. But it's like $1,700 a piece, so it's a, it's a pretty good chunk. But they just, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so since there were Texas and I was doing track, I said, let's let's run some Texas products. And they just such a dialed wheel. And the fact that it's like, uh, I think it's a three-piece system with the hubs that can come off separate. And thankful to my my buddies, MCCNC, TTI, and uh, basically Juan, Matt, and Oscar, that I got the wheels for an FXLRs. Basically, everything on that bike that with the track set was like just pieced together like randomly. It was like... Bagger lowers with a Dyna axle with just normal 49 millimeter tubes. I had a fender off with BMW S1000 WR at R6 calipers. I had some radial caliper mounts from TTI and all this stuff. And then the wheel comes from Lindell for a Lowrider S. And for the M8 guys, if you're not running a Lowrider S, basically the difference between that is you have your stock M8 wheel that's not Lowrider S, basically the FXLR, FXBB, the FXST, and some other ones. They're basically three and a half inches. And if you go with the FXLR wheels, I think it's three and a half, maybe four. And then the S wheel is going to be like four and a half to five inches. So there's a lot of people who buy the S wheel thinking it's going to fit. And they're like, oh, it doesn't fit, but the FXLR wheel does. And it's just because it's so much wider because of the hubs. And so I got the Lindell brake wheel, and it, that was the problem I ran into. And I go, oh, and then uh, thankfully Chico, one of the guys over at uh, Lindell, he did all the math. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It was like that episode of uh, The Hangover with just these numbers flying. Like, Ugh. <laughs> and uh, he goes, you need to shave this by 0 0.06 and this and this and this. And I go, <laughs> so I go, hey, just write all that down. I'm going to take it to the machine shop. My buddies at MCCNC and TTI. And then they're just going to machine it down. So sure enough, I dropped the wheel off the hubs and just pick it up like in an hour and just butter. Fitted perfectly. Like the radio caliper mounts and the brackets just fit money i go can't get that any easier dude and then uh yeah so like it was, it was such a sick setup that it's gonna be my favorite a lot of people enjoyed it and i'm gonna miss it but man it, it was costly to get that set up now i think if i do it i've been looking at a project sporty to do for track uh that uh basically i want to do uh 2007 up basically fuel injected and then just do an r1 front end the only thing you really need is just uh, i think a different stem nut and that Outside that, you're good. It should just button up pretty good. And then maybe a toggle shock, do some rear sets, and that's it. Because for a while, I was doing instructing with the motorcycle school here in Austin. And it was just a couple times, but, oh, excuse me, it was so much fun because a lot of people were riding sport bikes in, that, in those schools and just trying to build the cruiser scene locally. And because that's what I was after, I just wanted to get like 10 of my friends to go to the track once a month and just like 
shoot the breeze, hang out, barbecue, have coffee and ha ha ha's and call it a day. And that a lot of the sport bike guys would be like, man, I'm just, I'm so slow in the corners. I'm like, or they'll say I'm super fast and here I'll come rolling around in this big old Harley just wobbling around and I'll pass them in the corners just like, what? What's going on? They'll pass them the straights and the next set of uh, twisty chicanes will be coming around passing them and it made me a better rider for sure but then just having to like the hardest part you can ever do about something is once you're proficient in a skill try teaching someone and then your thoughts are all over the place and, but it makes you an even better person and proficient in that skill because you have to convey what all the thoughts are and to someone who may not have heard it to like a layman term or just think of different ways to teach it and it's just it, i enjoyed so much of it but now that with my chopper setup i can't really do those days so i'm thinking about getting like a project sporty kind of get back into that track is so much fun but again costly so you think i'm gonna go like with a 1200 yeah uh one of our buddies who does moto america dylan he's gonna be that so sporty i think it's 519 uh he was running like a 20 year old 30 year old sporty he was at one of the events i think it's for brl was ripping it just i think he had a 1200 motor in it and then he washed out or his motor blew or something and then, so they took it out put the stock motor the 20 something 30 year old motor ripped around i think he got like second like that dude's just so fast but it comes down to yeah sure like depending on what class you're in uh, that some have a higher uh, step or whatever it is like a better chance or advantage that's the word and but it all comes down to who you are as a rider like because if you're fast, cool. But then if there's someone who's fast and want to be just a little bit riskier, maybe break later, they're going to be slightly faster. But again, it, uh, if you're fast in every aspect and willing to kind of break late, accelerate early, but you're sloppy, you, you're just not going to be anywhere. Like if there's kind of adding a lesson to that is there's always room for improvement. Always be looking to learn something because even if someone who may not be a good rider, they may say something like, in, if I'm teaching something like, hey, so is it like this? I'm like, uh, what? And I'll think about it like, I guess it is like that. And then you learn something because there's always something to be learned. Oh, absolutely. I think with anything, mm -hmm. I mean, everybody can always, you know, bring something to the table that somebody might not realize. And especially I think with track riding that, I mean, that's a whole nother animal, uh -huh. you know, a lot of technique and skill. It's just not something, you know, Joe Blow's going to hop right off the street and just go conquer it on, on the first go round. Yeah. It's going to take some time. And, you know, it's a, a different level of respect of riding. Yeah, and even like just general writing, because it's like going back and learning something that anyone can learn. When we first started talking and I started following you like on social media, it's just your attitude, just you know, being so great and just like so welcoming and warm that it was like, okay, cool. Like even though we share similar personality, just being seeing something through your eyes, I learned just a little bit more of basically like how to be as a person, even though we shared it, but it was just something a little different. So like even though they're parallel. And so I always just find that interesting that even, every aspect of riding and just life in general that I think anyone can learn something from. There's a lesson hidden somewhere. Sometimes you don't want it, but <laughs> it's there. Oh, true. And I mean, it, and you know, it can expand the whole generations of riders. I mean, everybody, you know, from a gentleman, maybe he's been riding 50 years or, you know, even, I mean, not just a guy, women. I mean, you know, it's everybody's got something I think that they can bring to the table and, something that somebody might not realize and it's you know all part of the community and you know when you're not one of the guys that's stuck up on their high horse and uh -huh. you know want to have conversation and, and absorb and and learn from you know the older generation that's done a lot of you know a lot of miles a lot of riding a lot of you know living life on two wheels and 
I think there's always something to be learned from anybody. Mm -hmm. yeah, 100%. It's like uh, with Brooklyn and Bong Asphalt, just bringing them back in the segue, just because, and then going back to like, you know, how social media people see it, like the, how many followers you have, and they're like, oh, cool. That I think if I were to ever really fangirl over someone or fanboy, it'd probably be them, just because they look so cool. No matter what they do, I remember when, when uh, Brooklyn came out here to Texas, we went just to ride. I was like, oh, bro. Brooklyn's in the house. It was, it's just so cool, like just being able to meet so many people. Like the way social media connects so many people, and then you see them. It's like it's dope. Like just you make so many friends, and not all. You know, you're not gonna get along with everybody. Like you may see some people and be like, "Hey, that was cool hanging out," but we ain't ever gonna hang out again. Uh, or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, good one. Some people feel like that about me, I'm sure, and it's like, okay, cool. I guess I was just. Cause I'm pretty out there. Like I can be a lot of a little, like, uh, like very not loud, but just out there. And I know yeah. in the mornings, uh, some of my guys, uh, the buddies I'll be riding with, they'll be like, just stop. Like, you need to calm down. Like, my bad. No more coffee, Connor. No I'm more like, for you. Coffee. Like, oh shit. Oh, it's like, you know, same with Von Gasfall. He's freaking cool as hell. I still, you know, shoot the breeze with him every now and then, you know, get the occasional phone calls and whatnot. But, oh, man, he is super freaking cool. And I know he's got some some cool stuff coming up. It's going to be yeah. awesome to, to see like, some adventures that he's got. Jacket? That was like, was dope. Oh, yeah. J just wait for some stuff with Von Gasfall in the future. It's pretty fucking dope what he's going to got coming up. Heck yeah, dude. And, you know, that's another guy that's, you know, taking a platform of a bike that, people won't look at it as something for touring and going to just lay down some miles like he does. But, you know, then that goes along with taking a bike and outfitting it to fit you and, and your style and your needs and what you want. It's so wild because he does a lot of his 1K in a day. It's like, I always start early in the morning and go up until the evening. He's like, I'm going to start at night. I'm like, what? Bro, they're animals, dude. <laughs> but he yeah, I, so I, many miles. Oh, I mean the coast to coast runs he's done, and but that's the same way. It's like a lot of times when I'm doing, it's like cool. I'm gonna leave early. I mean, I'll, I'll start at three in the morning. Uh -huh. I'd rather ride roads and you know my area that I'm familiar with in the dark, and then that'll give me daylight if I'm heading you know whichever direction I'm going. If I'm going into unfamiliar territory, it's like cool. I want the daylight when I'm going through these areas, and uh -huh. you know. But everybody has their systems that work for them, and hey, yeah. to each their own, and you know they hammer it and they get it done. But you know, we all got our styles. Like, uh, uh, is it benefit ride? What's that? Do you have a ride coming up? Like, uh, yeah, Saturday I have, I do my monster 100 ride for mile monsters this coming Saturday. I'm going to, we pretty much just hammered out the route this morning. Me and, uh, my counterpart, cause I'm on, I'm team respect. And the guy for team honor that's riding the same day is a buddy of mine here in town. Wow. And, we kind of had figured out the route this morning when I went to his son's birthday party. And then my wife's like, you know what? You ought to just get fucking bare tooth pass out of your fucking head and just go do that. I'm like, well, shit, if I do that, I ain't going to be back till Sunday. She's like, I don't care. I'm like, fuck, man, we just figured shit out. Now you just put this in my son. So now I'm like, you know, waiting for you. It's like, I'm on Google Maps. Okay, well, how long going it take me to get to Red Lodge and this? And fuck, I'd be back home Sunday about seven o'clock that night. I leave fucking Saturday, three in the morning. I'm like, hmm, tempting. It's like just when I got something figured out, my wife's oh, just go do it. I'm like, fuck. I just had shit figured out. Now, now I gotta rethink everything. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's part of the fun. But no, yeah, my uh 
Mile Monsters is a lot of fun. I really enjoy riding for that organization and doing something I enjoy and, and raising money to to help these kids that are, you know, like we said, we will do everything we can to help them live their best lives. And right now the goal of this one are raising money to get Drew Gunther, who I think Drew's 12, and he's now confined to a power chair. So the Monster 100, the end goal is we're going to get them a brand new van, a hero, what we call the Hero Hauler, be a wheelchair van with all the lifts and everything they need to get Drew out of his house. So, you know, essentially he's no longer a prisoner of his home and not just get him to his doctor's appointments, but be able to get the family out and they can go do stuff and have a good means of transportation. And, you know, we'll end the ride in Sturges on the 11th of August and they will get the keys to a brand new van fully paid for. And they don't got to worry about nothing. And we're almost halfway to the $200,000 goal. And we're 38 days in to the hundred day event. So it's pretty awesome. So how does, if someone wants to contribute, say so like, you know, someone's watching like, Hey, how do I add to that? How would, is there a website or what? Um, there it's at give butter. Um, yeah, I can look at it real quick. I know like say my Facebook for what's coolest or give butter is there's the one main page for the monster 100 event. And then every rider makes, I guess you could say like a sub page under that. So you can go to the, uh, the main website here. Let me, I'll pull it up. Oh, so everyone's kind of like their own ambassador, and they can say, hey, this is a charity ride I'm doing, uh, a benefit, donate yep. here, and then you can also go to like the main one. Yeah, or people can even send it directly to Maya Monster. You can go to MayaMonstersInc.com, and there's a link there for the give butter, or you can go to, like mine is pinned. People can go to you know my personal page for Denver Woods on Facebook, or they can go to the V-Twin Life. My Monster 100 fundraiser is pinned at the very top of my personal page. You can click that, and it will take you to the Give Butter uh, website for the Monster 100 donation. Like right now, we are at we've raised ninety thousand dollars right now. That's awesome. And so, like for mine, people can go to uh, GiveButter.com. Let me find my ding ding. One sec here. Wrong button. Yeah, givebutter.com forward slash M100 forward slash Denver Woods is my page. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it, as a parent, you see what these kids go through. And I just, even the the other parents. And so I really taken this as a part of something I want to do. And, you know, I really have dedicated myself to Mile Monsters. I'm going to be doing the, the Monster 100 in August, the weekend after I get back from Sturges, that's when I'll be doing the second year of what we call Monsters Over Mountains. I put on a ride up here in the Northwest. We go conquer some uh, some mountain passes and some other roads. And as the slogan says, we do epic shit. And so we'll go and slam out. Uh, the route I've put together is right around 1,650 miles. We're going to bang that out in under 36 hours. Okay. And that's the goal. But I mean, there anybody can join Mile Monsters, which is the awesome thing. There has been some people this year that have never even they've never rode a 1K, never did that. So it's like, hey, I want to go do a 1K. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge myself. And you know, they'll just put together a little benefit ride because Mile Monsters is a 501c3. They're a recognized nonprofit agency. So they can even put together their event, their fundraiser on Facebook. You know, I know Riots went to Give Butter just because of the way it was set up for so many people can link their fundraiser into it and you can run the fundraiser longer than what Facebook will allow you to. And so it's just been awesome 
to see that organization grow leaps and bounds. I mean, there's there's people in Canada. I think we had one uh, in South Africa, and I believe there was a rider in um, Australia that signed up. So, you know, Maya Monsters has gone international. That's rad. And it's, you know, grown so much they've been able to take on, you know, two more families and, you know, they kind of fit the criteria of how, you know, the the monsters do stuff. And it's just a, an awesome organization to be part of and support. Yeah, sounds like it. That's super awesome for you guys. So talk about Canada, because uh, it's one of the places that I want to go, like ride. That's what has been on my list forever. I probably won't do it anytime soon, but out of, let's let's say... Two spots that you want to ride with in North America, like, you know, what's something that you're looking forward to, hoping to cross off your list, and then uh, one or two spots anywhere in the world, like if you could ship your bike and go ride anywhere else. Uh, I would love to do Banff. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't have to ship my bike, but when it comes to North America, I would love to go see Banff mm -hmm. and go up through the National Park up there. I mean, seeing so many pictures of the area, that's one place that I really want to get to. I mean, honestly, it's not, it's, I think, 13 hours from my house, but, you know, you got to get up through Canada, and I'd love to go there. Mm -hmm. You know, I after last summer, my wife and I, when we got to go to uh, South Dakota, obviously, we didn't have enough time, but that is also a place where, you know, go there in June and give, give yourself five days because there's so much stuff to see throughout the Black Hills, if you like history, to go through. I mean, you got your famous places, you know, Needles, Deadwood, Mount Rushmore, but, you know, going through Keystone, seeing some of the places, you know, the memorials, there's so much stuff and such beautiful country that a person, you need to give yourself some time to see everything, even there. Mm -hmm. Now, what about outside, like Europe, uh, Asia? Um, yeah. I would love to do the UK. I'd love to go through Scotland and England, go through Scotland. That's one of the big places I really want to get to sometime. Okay. I, I don't have much aspirations for Asia or that area, but the, the UK is one of the big places that I really want to get to. Now, what about you? Uh, Canada, for sure. Finally see a lot of the friends I have up there. Uh, I've never had the opportunity to ride with them, but definitely Calgary and head out to Renegade Ride. That's just going to be on my list. Until I knock it off, that's number one on my list. Uh, but also the New York, I've never gone East Coast, like on the bike. So that's uh, the, like the uh, contiguous United States would be to go that way, like New York, rip around Brooklyn's area, him and falling asphalts. But then outside, go hit the Catskills. Yeah, bro. That's, um, on, that's on my list too. I would love to do that. And, you know, also Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, you know, yeah. Louisiana, I would love to go through the South. Just for me, it's like I love history and whatnot. And, that is a place I, I do want to get to. Yeah, it's so true. Like, you never have enough time. I've done so many trips where I always overplan. I'm like, <laughs> I have so much left to do, but I never do it all. Um, UK would be cool for sure. Just go around being the obnoxious <laughs> American and be like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, I've learned the one place that I really want to get over there, which is the Aces Cafe outside of London. It's a oh, very oh. big historical motorcycle hot rod hangout and which yeah. was actually a bombing target of the Germans. They did bomb it, and, of course, it was rebuilt, and that's another place. What the hell are you putting in your beer there, buddy? Oh, some beer salt brought to you by... 
Yeah, nice. Cucumber wanted this one that was ridiculous. I ended up just like just shooting it off my off my hand. Just it was so good. So what are you drinking? What's what's in the tolly? Uh, it's gonna be uh, liquid death. No, it's a Modelo. Ah, some Modelo. Mexican drink, baby. Hey, I was you know I almost went and um I almost grabbed a six pack of Shinerbach. Just you know have some Shinerbach when I had you on tonight. Some of us like to refer to that as like, see up here, you know, the big, one of the big beers, you know, the Northwest is Rainier. And so, you know, a few of us got the joke up here. It's like, you know, we think of Shinerbach as like the Rainier of Texas, I guess you could say. It is a popular beer. That was a a big choice of mine back in the college years. That and Ziegenbach was the ones I basically just lit off of. Um, I've never heard of that one. uh, Ziegenbach is basically just like, uh, like Shiner, but it's just a little... A, a little more of a skunk taste, but eight oh right. five is because eight oh five is a good beer. It's okay. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of it. Try the cerveza. It, it's harder to find because like here in my area, I think it's like two HEVs that have it regularly. But it's so I had it Borfi, Texas, and it just went down like water and like with a little bit of beer salt. Like I'll hear like I don't drink that one too often just because I know I can drink a lot of it because it's so good. And I all like down one just the first one usually just gone i'm like yeah and then i usually have the second one like with dinner or something and then there's call it a day after that but it's not strong it's just that it's just man it's just so good i'm like 805 surveys i'll have to see if i can find out i mean there's a i got a good friend you know became friends with the owner big old family store here in town and he's great about when i want a type of beer he'll order it in and get it for me a box super good which one uh if not if you can't find it just let me know and i'll just send you up a box because they're like literally just down the street i'll just Oh, cool. We'll just chat afterwards. I mean, we can, I'll, I'll Venmo you some money or whatever. Oh, you're good, man. I'll send you some Texas snacks. Hey, I'll, I'll send you some te- some Northwest snacks then. Hell yeah. Some uh, Sasquatch. Is that where uh, Sasquatch is area? Like, like wherever, like, the... the, the oh, mid- Jesus Christ. You start talking Sasquatch, you're going to get fucking Springer Mike going off in the side chat. <laughs> That's his fucking spirit animal. Hell yeah. Yeah. But is it from that part like that? Because I never really got deep into it. I just know that Sasquatch is a thing. But is it over? So they the- say. I mean, Northwest? in today's technology, if there's never been any high-definition camera footage or any of that of a fucking Sasquatch, they don't exist. Tune in next week where we're going to have Mr. <laughs> Sasquatch. <laughs> what, what if that's how he looks? Like, you know, uh, I can't remember what, uh, what, I think it was a scary movie. Or it was like those parodies of like the scary movies. And they were doing a parody of The Ring. And in the photo, and uh, like they see the photo of the girl's blurred face, like, ah, and they look at her, and her face is just blurred naturally. And like, what if that's how Bigfoot looks? He's just like <laughs> blurred. Oh, did he? That's because see, we Connor's got some stuff going on, so we're doing the the mile post. We're doing a Saturday event instead of a Sunday. We're switching things up every now and then. It's you like got to work with everybody in Europe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Sunday in Australia. Yeah, and I don't want us to actually be. Uh, See, I, I told you, Connor. Hell yes, Connor. Love the hairy man. He's a freaking Sasquatch loving guru. You know that whenever he goes to the gym, he does a Sasquat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but actually, cool. No, actually, Springer Mike and his brother, they're going to be over here in about nine days over hanging out at my place for four days. I'm going to take them around the Northwest because they're out of Wyoming. So. Okay. They're riding over here, and it's going to be a good time. Sounds like it, dude. 
Man, that's Heck just yeah. a whole really nice area, just that whole little corner. Yeah, there, there's some great stuff. So I'm gonna be showing up around here and doing some riding and gonna meet them in eastern Washington on a Wednesday in about a week and a half and bring them over here and show them around the northwest and some cool stuff, some good food, some good brews, and some good roads. Hell yeah. Oh, you know you should say we say some good what? Good good brews, good times, good roads, good I food. Had, you said something that like two things that Ryan, like something or something, good brews. And I was thinking you could add the French word for street, like rue, like good rue. So it's like good rues, good brews, and then something else that's so like like a tagline. I know. Hey, that would be good, but I, I can't remember what the hell I said. Uh, good dudes. Wow. Yeah. Good dudes, good brews, and good brews. There you go. Done. Copyrighted. No one else trying to jack that. That's, that's right. No, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. So it's always so much fun when you're visiting or people are visiting you because one of like the highlights of, of like my motorcycle thing is one one birthday was like i had like eight people come it was um finch we had live Devin, and a couple of ask josh he's in a couple of people that just all showed up stayed at my house we rode around for my birthday but then also just kind of fast forwarding like to last to earlier this year i went out to big spring and there was a fxdx dingo josh bailey and he had wes hernandez and then ray ripple that they were so kind of to kind of uh, show me around Big Spring and give me the lowdown of the local Denny's. And then we went to go ride dirt bikes. It's just so cool. Like, uh, they're just so much fun. So wild. Such good people. And I had such a blast. And it's like, I haven't done that in a while where I kind of gone out or had people come visit and like motorcycle stuff. And it was just so cool. Just like, hell yeah. Like, like just time with friends is so awesome. And you're all riding motorcycles. Just like, a vacation with rise i'm going to arizona next week and it's gonna be the exact same thing seeing a buddy uh <clears throat> celebrate an anniversary and so we're just gonna go right around awesome well see that's what we did like with springer mike and his brother wrench bender nick that's in the side chat you know been you know friends social media wise but when uh you know hayden and i and amy and whatnot we when we went to south dakota last summer met up with them because they live like an hour and a half ish from sturgis they're in gillette wyoming so they you know, he told me, hey, when you get close to Gillette, give me a call. So, I, you know, we're getting close, and he's, I give him a call. He's like, meet me at the gas station. I'm like, motherfucker, it's a decent-sized town. There's got to be more than one. So, you know, he gives me which one, and they end up staying at the same campground that we were at over there, and we all, me, him, and Seth Serpentis rode up from Texas, and he hung out for four days up there, and, man, we all had a good time and, you know, built the brotherhood that will never die. So, you know, after them coming over there, you know, rode with them around – God, you know, Spearfish Canyon, the Needles were a highway. We did Mount Rushmore, Iron Mountain Road up there with them. And now they're going to come to my neck of the woods and going to show them around places over here. And, man, it's going to be awesome. Hell, yeah. Yeah, that dude sets her pendants, rides a good amount. Oh, dude, Jason's so freaking awesome. Yeah, we were actually – well, we kind of got off track last night. We were doing a little video about the new CVOs, and I think – actually talked CVOs for maybe a half hour and the next two and a half hours was totally sidetracked squirrel side road and ended up just having a good time uh -huh. but no J I, jason's so much fun dude that dude fucking he cracks me up and it was awesome because you know another guy that you know like we were saying earlier you get to meet all these people through social media and then actually you know met him in missoula montana on the way over and you know we met up on a fuck i think that was a thursday yeah, and then, you know, we rode from Missoula. We were staying, I think, Bozeman or Butte, and then off to Sturgis. We were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and 
think Sunday afternoon, late evening, he departed to head south, and we headed the other way on Monday. But, man, it was an awesome, fun, fun weekend. Just those cool kind of memories. You know, you, you get to build, and you, you meet people, and you build that relationship. You build that, you know, you build that brotherhood. And, man, it's it's so much fun. Yeah. Heck, yeah. That's dope. So what's next for V2 and Live Podcast? What's something that you're looking forward to, like a next milestone? Uh, I'm just absolutely, I think it's so freaking cool that I've surpassed 100. It's like, holy crap, you know, it's it's been so much fun. And, you know, the next one is, you know, I'm looking forward to 125. I want to do something really cool on that one. You know, and just small goals and just keep going from there. Have you ever thought about uh... – and I'm just spitballing uh, that. Like, what if you do like a couple, like every ten episodes, or every twenty, whatever it is, or whatever set like number you decide. Like, let's say for the twenty-five one that you're talking about, uh, that you do it offsite. Like, uh, I don't know what your setup is for like the video camera. If you can make it portable, so that way it's like, oh, we're gonna do true. I like, say it's Sturgis. Like, you can do like a special Sturgis one if you're going to Sturgis, or if you're going on a major road trip. Be like, hey, we're gonna do a, a mile post here, where it's like, uh, I don't know. My yeah, so and so outside the limits or outside, say, like you know, play on words where it's like that designates that it's not in studio, and then you could maybe do like a live, like face to face with person. You have like your camera on both the all. I'm looking at doing that. I know that's something I did with 100. I went down to uh Brad Columbus down at Crash Inc. at the Crash Inc. headquarters, and you know, we finished we're tearing my pike apart, and then did a the mile post down there on a Saturday. That was a Friday night or Saturday night. You know, did mile post 100 from uh, Crash Inc. World Headquarters down there. Took, you know, computer and the cameras and the mic and everything and did it from his place down there. And that was, it was a lot of fun. But no, I, you know, got plans. I'm going to just see how the scheduling goes. And I'm going to be busy, you know, putting in some hours with Wild Ass at Sturges. But I want to try to do something at least while I'm there, even if it's pre recorded. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It'll be cool to try to do a, you know, even if, you know, some and get guys, you know, coming through that, you know, you kind of know through social media wise, meet them in, in person and do a, a five or 10 minute little segment there at, at wild ass. You know, there's just got to see how things go, how time goes, but no, it, it would be a lot of fun even to go somewhere, meet up with somebody and do it off site. you know, mm-hmm. find a guy 2000 miles away. Cool. Fucking let's hammer out a one K we'll fucking meet in the middle or whatever. And man, this setup, I got it. It can work for that. You just gotta, if you don't have internet, it's like, fuck it. We'll just pre-record it. Okay, yeah, that's cool. And, and which isn't a bad option, you know. That's a cool thing with Streamyard. It's like I can pre-record it and then just I get home, can get on Streamyard and just download it. Uh huh. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it's been so much fun doing this, and I I don't know, you know, really what I expect when I decided to start doing this, you know, two and a half years ago. But it's so cool that it's still going and. I've been able to meet some amazing people within the, within the industry that we have and that we're all part of in the community. And man, it's been so much fun. If you so had many some, friendships, a piece of advice for someone that's wanting to get into it, like you start a podcast or just a video format of interviews and just kind of chat it up with people. What's a piece of advice that you would give them? Just do it. You don't have to have, you know, you don't need to say go out and spend a, five thousand bucks on a camera you know i want to go get you know a canon fucking mark four mark five whatever the high-end ones i'm not a camera guy but i just know that's they're big expensive 
you can do so much with an iPhone and there's so many platforms. Now you have Spotify for podcasters. If you want to go open, you know, it's a free account, start a podcast. You can use them as your host site. They will get your distributed. You know, you'll be on Google, Apple podcast, Spotify, you know, radio public pocket cast or breaker. There's so many streaming networks. They do the distribution for you. It doesn't cost you anything to start up with them. And, you can even get the option. You can do video podcasts on Spotify, but it's, they're a great That's dope. Uh, distribution and a great home site. And for me, it's like doing this through StreamYard, which great is like, I'll record this. Then tonight I can go into my StreamYard, mm-hmm. pull up this and I can download the audio right out of this. And I upload it and get this set right. and it will go out Wednesdays at noon. All of a sudden it's going to be, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google podcasts everywhere on Wednesday for the people, you know, love to tune in on the audio and listen to it, whether they're driving at work or whatnot. And, you know, when I do it, like with my iPad, I can download the audio and I just upload it straight into anchor or not anchor. Excuse me. Now it's Spotify for podcasters. It was anchor FM, but now it's called Spotify for podcasters. So I can download it and instantly put it right in my library and Spotify and get everything set up and air it out on Wednesday. Oh yeah. And you know, with, with the technology and these new smartphones and the cameras they have and everything, you can literally do everything on, on your smartphone. You don't have to spend the money to get things going. I mean, if a guy wants to get started, do it that way. And then down the road, sure. You want to upgrade stuff and, you know, get a little bit more high end. Hey, no problem, but you can get yourself started literally for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up using my smartphone for a lot more stuff that, it depends on how you use it and then you kind of figure out the little tips and tricks here and there and how to edit photos and video and i use basically i just bring my phone because it's always with me and i'll still use my camera every now and then that i've started using that we're talking about earlier for some of the reels i've been doing because the 4k is just wild because you can set the frame rate when you edit it in post which is raw file the way you encode it is just crazy like it keeps so much crispness and with the iPhone, the front-facing camera, I don't believe it's 4K. I think it's 1080. The rear camera is, and it can be 4K, and then I think it's at 30 frames per second. It might be 60 in some cases, and it still does a good job. I feel like it's the difference between, I don't know, the, the camera from iPhone, the 4K, and then I add it to Instagram or Facebook, I feel like there's a loss of resolution, and I don't think it's due to the compression. It might just be something with the coding. That for some I reason, think it's Instagram's format, because even I know the new iPhones, you can now record in cinematic. Yeah, and that is a neat little trick I've been doing with some of the stuff. And uh, come on, let's go look for Sasquatch, man. <laughs> uh, that with, with the 4K, for some reason, on the the USR I have has just been so crispy. There's been no loss of compression. Like the last, I think, two or three reels where I do transitions, so crispy. I'm like, oh, bro. And now, like, for certain reels, like for like what everyone's been calling my thirst traps, I'm going to use that one because it keeps the quality so, so good. Versus what are you using for your editing software? A lot of times on my phone, I do CapCut. It's just pretty easy. You can do okay. some, some neat stuff. But for some of the reels, I'll it's basically still CapCut. But what I'll do is I'll import it to Premiere Pro. And then that way I can change the codec. And then I'll change the resolution, some other couple of things. A little color grading? Yeah, I don't do much color grading. I, I tried doing it for a while. It was just such a pain. It's like so intricate. It's uh, the science that I just don't have the patience for this time. But uh, like. And then Instagram does so many LUTs of it basically already. They're real basic and they kind of botch your video up, but it, every so often it works just fine. You can get away with that. But it's weird how algorithms work. Um, 
basically, I think Instagram likes to push just natural footage that if you use one of their filters, even though it's on their library, that it doesn't push as much. So I've been trying to just put everything here and make it look as good as possible. I might tweak the color a little bit. And then with CapCut, you can kind of also tweak it. But it's just, it's weird how all that stuff works. And then like uh, with, I did a, the first transition video I did with like the Western setup because it's just been, I've been getting a lot of good responses with that. So I've been kind of diving deeper. And I used to wear a cowboy hat very seldom, mainly for special events. And then I started posting a couple photos and then the engagement, I'm trying to grow the female audience and that's been being received very, very well. A couple companies have reached out and then the collaborations have been there. So I'm like, I'm going to keep on going on this while it's kind of, it seems to be hitting pretty well. And, uh, was I going with that? So I spaced that. I forgot. My mind went back. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you light a cigar. A little map gas. Works great. That is a way. Yeah, it's, it's just been good. The, the quality with the, the camera just insane. It's just crazy. And then, uh, oh, yeah, so the color green and all that. Uh, it's just intense. Uh, you can do it if you have the time for it. It's just that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a man of many hobbies, and that's something that interests me, like, especially with the welding. I started getting into that. Uh, with the reels and the Western stuff, I've been diving into that. I do a collab thing tomorrow with a, a venue locally that we're doing some lifestyle photography and just riding some horses that uh, it's just, it's crazy, dude. It's so much fun. So honestly, how long have you been riding horses? Is that something new or something you did? Something new. I rode once in sixth grade and then once two weeks ago. And then tomorrow's my third time. Nice. Diving into it. Yeah, and it's nothing crazy. Like, it's basically just a trail ride. But even though it was an hour last time, man, my butt was sore, man. Like, <laughs> it was only an hour. But it was. It yeah, was the different saddles, man. I mean, I, I'm not a big into horse. I mean, my wife and my daughter, you know, daughter showed horses for quite a while. And I've ridden very few times, but familiar with them enough to, to help out with stuff, but not super familiar to get real technical with the stuff. And just, I was a horse taxi. Hook the trail up. Let's go where we got to go. That was my thing. But yeah, there's, you know, I seen that one reel, you know, you're right. It's like, hmm, now I'm kind of curious. It was fun, especially the fact that it was a sunset. Uh, the venue posted that they had sunset rides available and on their website, they don't have any availability. So I was like, hey, if there's a spot, put me down. You know, here's my, my information. <laughs> Paid for the spot, got it, secured it. And then uh, went and it was just so wild. Like the weather, it was hot that day, but as we went out there, it was still kind of humid, but then it just like cooled off. So it was like low 80s uh, and then high 70s. The sun was just like, the, the skies cleared. And then the the guy was super sweet, she was super nice. And I walk up and she goes, hey, how are you feeling on horses? I go, well, it's my first time in a long time. And she goes, oh, okay, are you worried? I go, I'll worry when it's time to worry. Until then, put me wherever. And she goes, hell yeah. Okay, cool. And so she put me with this uh, horse bear. She goes, he's like not the the calmest, but he's also not the craziest. But basically, as long as you can just tell, because he likes to eat a bunch of stuff on the way, just tell him no and just don't be afraid to pull on the reins. I go, all right, cool. And so I'm like, he, sure enough, like he was just trying to eat the whole time. <laughs> and so I would talk to him. And I'd just be like, hey, whenever he would like, like listen and cooperate and not eat anything, I'd be like, oh, I appreciate you very And there was a couple times we got frustrated. I was like, oh, if I get booked off, here it goes. But never did. And he was super nice. And then, um, yeah, the guide was sweet. That She was making a lot of jokes. We were having a good time. There was two other people that were with us. 
and just the sunsets breaking through the trees. We went through some canopies where like it got pretty dark and then we would break out to the end and the sun would be coming through the leaves. And visually, that's always been one of my favorite things is that sunsets are cool, but when you get that bit of break and the light leaf come through the leaves, I was like, hot dog. And it's just, sunsets have always been special to me, uh, sunrises, and even more so now that it was just kind of one of those things where it was just like, cool. This was, this was a cool experience. I'm thankful I did it. And it was just tons of fun. Yeah, I was just, my thoughts, like, you know, I'd rather just, I'll stick to my, you know, my steel horse, my iron and where I can control him with the right hand. Horses got their own brain. Sometimes they want to do crazy shit. It's like, yeah, I'll just stay and control my motorcycle. Mm-hmm. That's true, man. As long as you're, if you identify that there is a risk, that's more than some people do. Well, there, and yeah, just, I don't know, it was just never, you know, my big thing. But yeah, my wife and daughter used to do some trail rides. And I said, you know, Maddie showed horses for quite a while and, you know, learned a lot of stuff around it. But yeah, just, they were just never my 4K. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like everything has been kind of going um, that for a long time, my Instagram was focused on motorcycle content only. And I would create a couple other different Instagram pages where I'd focus on photography, another one for dirt bike, another one for a couple other things. I had, for a while, I had like a, a ton of Instagram pages. And then I started getting tired of having to keep track of it. And it was at the time where my YouTube had kind of started taking a decline on views to on viewership for the amount of effort I was putting in, I go, is it really worth it? And a lot of people were real demanding. And it was like, it was always people who weren't subscribed or supportive in that way, or even members of the Patreon, et cetera, where they'd be like, hey, do this, do that, do this, do this, like the video on this. And so for a while, I was buying stuff to do some videos. And I was thankful for some partnerships and collaborations I had, but it wasn't all of them. And then the viewership went down. I go, why am I wasting my money on this? No, I was looking at it. Especially with the people who were like, hey, you should do this. And then they wouldn't be support, like share the video. Even just like the smallest thing, like commenting or whatever, even thumbs up. So I said, no, nah, let's kind of put a backward on the YouTube. And then uh, I started exploring. And then I, basically, I condensed the dirt bike one content with my motorcycle content. And it was a miss for the most part. The engagement was very little on those. And I'm like, what's going on? This isn't a Harley. And then I was just like, whatever, I'm having fun. And I started posting a couple of other things. And now it's a lot of the Western wear and like the men's style, men's fashion stuff. And at first it was a little bit more reserved, uh, like not that much engagement. Now it's starting to pick up some traction. TikTok did it. I did like a uh, basically a re- remake of another guy's video, Nick Luciano from like Fort Worth area, Weatherford. And that one took off for a little bit. I mean, engagement was right off the butt on, on TikTok. I mean, the one on Instagram did pretty well, but not quite like TikTok. And uh, so it's now I'm trying to dabble in that. And it's still a little bit on the floor, like kind of like people are like, oh, I don't know if I should like this, but now we're getting more engagement from the traditional followers for the motorcycle content. Some people like to see it. I've had a lot of people with questions about the hat, the styling that it was like, like oh man, let me take some photos. I've always worn a cowboy hat. Like one of my buddies out in uh, London or the UK, I don't know if it's London, so I don't want to misspeak. He goes, hey, I've always been a Texas at heart. Like I was born here, but I identify as a Texan. So I go, hell yeah, bro. He's coming out to Austin for a wedding in a couple of weeks. And I said, just let me know. We'll, hang out we'll go i'll go with you to get your first hat take it back out there and uh so it's pretty cool just uh the fact that i was a little hesitant and then kind of i know we talked about this before uh like before we went live on this was that i've always been kind of public with a lot of stuff i do the mistakes and just stuff that i'm trying and it's interesting because even though you're an open person sometimes you put yourself out there differently than what you would normally like with the motorcycle stuff I tend to be behind the camera a lot. And then one of the things I was doing with some of the research was that people tend to uh, relate and enjoy more of seeing your face. It does well with engagement. 
I said, okay, I started doing something with motorcycle content. I started getting to the, the, the country western styling, and I started to put my face out there more because it helps with the engagement and the growth. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. This is going to make it look kind of weird. And sure, some people started throwing some, some shade, but not really. It was funny, though, because my family members, I was going home, and I went to a visit for Mother's Day, and my brother, or I think it was my sister-in-law, she goes, hey, Connor, so what was up with that thirst trap? I'm like, what? And it was surfing <laughs> and stuff. Like, basically, it had been so long since I'd gone in the water. And I go, no, I was just reminiscing about that. And then I posted another one about country stuff. And then my brother goes, yeah, that's a thirst trap. I'm like, it's not, because I guess they've never, you get, they, the whole time I've had my social media and them being my family, they've never seen me post as much of my person as much as I had. And at first it was like, oh, this is so odd, but it's been well received. It's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but the whole thing this year uh, that I've been working on is saying yes to a couple more things. And the main, the, what started from it was that when traveling, I'm point A to point B, very little stops in between. If I have to, sure, gas up, snacks, drive down to point B, and that's it. Little amount of detours is possible. My father was the same way. Unfortunately, he passed away this last holiday season. And one of the things I kind of said to it was, you know, in remembrance of him, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to allow myself to take detours. Uh, that I did it one day. I was going out to Big Spring to see uh, Wes and Bailey and them. And I always wanted to stop off at the heart of Texas, which is Brady, Texas. And it's the closest city. It's not the geographical center of Texas. It's actually on private property. <clears throat> but I said, let me stop and take a photo kind of explore the courthouse and sure enough i did but like every bit of me was like you're not making good time you gotta go you gotta go. i was like whatever and so See, I, i'm i'm the exact same way at times and it's so tough. i've been trying to do that with you know with some of my you know uh motorcycle rides mm -hmm. is stopping more you know those things you know stop and smell the roses because yeah. the same way it's like i just want to go here and i'm cool i want to be here in 10 hours or whatnot and same thing. It's like, just gas, go, gas, go, don't stop. And, you know, it's like, you. I'll do some of these rides or whatnot, and I'll go back. It's like, cool, you know, what I got for little, you know, photo memories. Oh, I got two pictures of, you know, 12 hours of riding. Oh, that's great. And, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing, the same thing. It's like, you know, I need to enjoy it more. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, it's like, I do enjoy it, but it's like, you need to kind of slow down in a way and try to see more things and embrace the adventure and in the journey too, and take more time to, you know, see those little, you know, photogenic moments of, you know, see something cool, just stop and get the picture, you know, ha have the memory and take a few minutes to see the area that you're going through. And I've been really trying to work on that myself because I'm horrible about it. Well, even then it's like a lot of the mm -hmm. things, cause I hate traffic and Austin has just been exploding. So traffic, has gotten exponentially insane that I, I mean i just hate it and uh have a mess how much i hate it that so the moto social is a very good event and but they're all in south austin so it's a cruise but all the things i've said yes to regarding kind of like out of my comfort zone or something i would normally say no to like i'm good i'd rather not and one thing that is if it affects my sleep i try to be like i'll just do it tomorrow because i go to sleep pretty early i wake up early it's just the way i've, I've been so i've been Stepping outside the comfort zone, and man, it's just been so rewarding since. Like, I've met so many great people, and especially with the Moto Social, is I go there and just take photos. It's kind of been like my ability to hide and just kind of be social without being social, and then people kind of come up and talk to you. 
but with the couple times I've done, I give out the photos for free that I've met so many people and they see me and then they're able to be like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? And I met and now it's like I see them even without my camera. And they're like, oh, hey, what's up? And I've, it's been like an extended family that's been really nice to, to kind of go out and, and see. That's people. awesome. Yeah. So, it's, it's been cool. so since you're down the Austin area, <laughs> have you been to the Mothership Club yet? Uh, For what? Which one's that one? Joe Rogan's Comedy Club. Oh no, dude! Like uh, I had a buddy who went and said it was a great time that they have you put your phone in like a bag so we like you just enjoy it like there's yeah. No oh the mug. Yeah, no, it just opened four or five months ago or something. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Uh, I haven't gone to that yet, but it is on my list of things to do. Um, Heck yeah, Mike! That's what it's all about, man. Been helping them plan their trip. You know, all all back highways from Wyoming to Washington and. You know, I mean, I don't know some of the Wyoming, Montana area, but, you know, been helping them plan a, an epic ride through Washington because, you know, Mike and his brother Nick love freaking history. So kind of routed them through some okay. cool places in eastern Washington to see some cool history and going to bring them through and uh, going to meet them in eastern Washington, bring them over the Cascades and show them some stuff. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be so much fun for four days of good times yeah. and some good Chris Ledoux bourbon. <laughs> That's where you tag the good dudes, good brews, and good ruse. <laughs> yeah, I gotta gotta make a note of that because I will forget that one. Good dudes, good brew, and good. Okay, so how do you spell the rue? R U E. Correct. Yes. Look at that. You're already French. Tell long asphalt. <laughs> oh heck yeah. So uh, what's next? What's on the uh, the agenda coming up? Say the you know for the rest of summer for Connor. Uh, oh, that's a good question. I don't really even really know. Uh, again, it's going to be one of the things is saying yes. I'm gonna. I've been trying to do a lot more water activities since I haven't done them so long. That's gonna be one thing. But motorcycle wise, is put together the uh, peanut tank, weld that together, the fender, the sissy bar, the king queen seat. And hopefully paint the stuff. I might get some additional wheels, but depending on budget. And that's basically the only thing I have on my on my agenda. Uh, and get it ready for Born Free Texas in October. And then the gym is what I've been doing. I've been getting back in the gym a lot. But that's basically it. Just ride, have fun. So, okay, I got a question. So you're going to do some stuff to the peanut tank. Are you are you doing anything along the lines of to increase capacity fuel-wise? Or just going to go with the old three-and-a-half-gallon peanut tank? Jeepers. Mm -hmm. Gas station to gas station. Ride, filling it up. Yeah, it's going to be cool because it's just the style I was looking at. I was like, hell yeah. Uh, And then I'm going to change out the fork tubes. Plus eight's good, but it wasn't what I saw in my my head. So I'm going to do plus 10, and that should be perfect. I know know a guy who has, I think it's uh, something Jimmy. I'm drawing a blank on his Instagram name. But he has plus 10, and he actually added a rake to his FXBB. But I'll keep my OEM triple trees, so it won't be quite as drastic of a rake as his. It's not drastic, but compared to us, it would basically look the heat a lot different. And then just add the triple trees, the fork tubes, the plus 10. So it should be cool. I I may not be able to do it. I mean, I, I probably will, but it may not look pretty. But... The goal is just to get to the to the show like 
I did this baby and then that's it. Just <laughs> what's up? So, I mean, okay, here's one other question I just thought of. I mean, because, I mean, you had your old, you know, touring style. You did the Pelican bags, you know, basically the Pelican, Pelican tour pack style. What are you doing for luggage-wise to be able to carry your stuff to keep going with the theme you got going with the chopper build? Busy bar. Okay. Going old school. And I, I immediately, like, am feeling the change because I don't have a phone mount because it doesn't – it takes away from the look on the bars. All right. Then, Without having a fairing, I'm afraid the wind's just gonna take it. So I just put it in my pocket, and uh, <laughs> even with GPS, for some reason, I feel like the directions don't come through as loud, even though my volume is loud with the music. That it, I missed a couple of turns the other day, and so it took me the scenic way, which is like, eh, no harm, no foul. I saw a little bit more of Austin than I was planning on to that night. Uh, but yeah, Sissy Bar, I have a new backpack I just bought. That was is that the tan one that I've seen in some of the pictures? Yeah, because it kind of has. Okay look to it and then that's it so it's just stuff that a bunch of stuff in there and ride around and then uh i still have the elite ring innovation set up like the the mounts and once the new fender's on i may kind of mock something up just to see if something cool can kind of come together and like mesh and that will be cool just to have additional for like cameras and stuff just that's just so nice but i got the backpacks that way because i'm going to arizona i'm gonna take a lot of photos out there that way I can put a bunch of camera gear in there and when I'm done, just bring that in with me to the restaurant wherever I'm at and not have to like always be looking. Because thankfully nothing's happened, but I'm always so paranoid. Someone's be like, oh, there's a bunch of cameras in the future. Or even, you know, go the old style, what they call it, the... Uh... Like those doubles? No, the Bronco roll. I know my dad had made one. He'd had a guy made a leather cover and put it over, I think he'd got like a two and a half gallon size bucket and actually put a leather cover over it. And he'd have strapped that on the back of his bike on the luggage rack behind the sissy bar. And he just had a leather cover over it. And then guy had made a little drawstring thing so he could tighten it. And yeah, it's kind of an old style aesthetic use for, you know, to make another bag, but not having to go with, you know, saddlebags or whatnot. The one I saw that it's on my list of potentially buying, and I'm, I'm trying to get this squared away first. Uh, like the build, but Mad Squirrel Company. I think it's either Mad Squirrel or Mad Squirrel Company. They make some high quality stuff that it just looks rad. You can kind of add to it to make it like instead of giant double, that you can have some side compartments and other stuff that kind of all work together. And it's super cool that they have like an all leather version. They have uh, like a twill and leather version. Um, what kind of backpack do I use? Since I have it handy, I use a couple random stuff, um, but this is just off Amazon. So it's basically like a camera bag and it's cool because the old one I had had the zip on the backpack which is the access port, which sucked because I would have to take it off to access it. But this one I attached to the sissy bar and it's got little magnets. So you lift it and then you can unzip it and then you can set up your shelves however you want. And I usually have a zoom lens on. So my camera and the lens will fit, fit here. I usually have some glasses and some GoPros and some other stuff here, close it. And then you can be secured Then the top, it's just like a drawstring that you can clasp it over. And it's cool just because it looks like it's a, a strap, but it's just all magnets. So that's, I think it was like 50 bucks, maybe 40 bucks on Amazon. Uh, shoot me a message on Instagram if you want, or just uh, have Denver get with me later. And I'll send you the link that it was pretty cost effective. And it, it looks solid for what it is. The only downside I will say is the strap retention is just that it's kind of loose that you can kind of just really quickly loosen it and tighten it 
that I wish there was just a little bit more. It hasn't come loose when I've been wearing it, but it's just a little, for peace of mind, I wish there was a little bit more tension. I mean, you could probably just add like a bungee on it to keep it, but 50 bucks can't really. I've been demoing and trying out Viking Bag sent me their new tactical backpack and sissy bar bag. And it's actually, I'm impressed with the quality of it. Uh, it is really freaking nice. It's like a lot of storage. Like the, the and it's not really wide. I mean, it's got multiple pockets on, on the Viking bag. But what's cool if you want to stuff more stuff in it, you can unzip the bottom, and there's a the bottom literally falls out, and you can add more stuff so it doesn't get taller. It'll come out the bottom, and yeah, they made it. You can you know mount on a sissy bar. You can mount on the front, and back, and plus you know take it off. It's a backpack. It's actually pretty freaking nice. I've been really impressed with the quality. Like fifty bucks. Um, I think it's about a hundred. That's not too bad though for what you get because like that type of bag where it's that versatile and kind of convertible, you get so much out of those. And the multiple pockets along the front of it, I mean it's it's impressive. Mm. Actually, hold on, give me twenty seconds. I'll grab it. Holding on. Another bag while he's getting that was Kiriakin. I think it was the Vagabond bag that I used that for my trip to Colorado, and that one. It was it had like a top trunk, and then you were able to stuff a bunch of stuff. Where if you had a computer, etc., and some other things, you could put them on there, put some clothes, and then I was like, "So what, that line just died." Uh, and then you could close it, and it had a top compartment. That definitely check that one out too. Uh, that I think those are pretty bagger friendly, also for touring platforms. Is to the Kuriakin bags. Those are gonna be a little bit higher price. I think that was like two or fifty, uh, but that was a good option too. And again, like with the bag, okay. Okay. Yeah, you got the uh, the different pouches here. Open up, you can store stuff in it. It's got side pouches. You can take the bottom, unzip the bottom, and you got more expansion that comes out the bottom. Oh, I was not, I was falling like just that's dope. And it's like shit. That's freaking sweet. So got that. But yeah, I mean, I take you know you got the side pockets. Unzips up here. I mean, it's high quality material. Uh -huh. You put. I mean, it's got a pouch. Like if you want to put a laptop, it's got a slot for it that's all padded, and all your storage inside. And you know, side pockets, mesh pockets, and it's made. It'll fit onto a sissy bar with different mounting. Under these claps, you can slide it over. The uh, shoulder straps will unzip if you want to wrap it around your frame. Wrap it around, plug it back into the bag. It's super freaking nice. Yeah, those this is the straps go along. I, I kind of wish that had it. My, I was talking when you left. I was talking about the, another Kiriakin bag that I had that was so versatile in the mounting setups that and just all it featured was a great bag. But that one, the sissy bar kind of class. Yeah, because it's got six different mounting points for the sissy bar along the back, plus the shoulder straps and. When they were asking me if I'd want to try it out, you know, I let them know it's like, hey, I don't run a sissy bar. You know, I'm on a beggar. I got a tour pack. What I found is I mounted on my back seat. And with, I have what's called lid hauler saddlebag covers. They don't make them no more, which sucks. They have two straps. So like, if I want to go somewhere, I can actually strap a bedroll or my sleeping bag on top of my saddlebag lids and strap them down. So I took the uh, shoulder straps, undid them, and put them through one of the loops on my saddlebag lids. And secured it so it can't fall sideways and mounted that bag on my back seat. 
whether you got you know so many different ways to hook it up you know you could run it and mount it in many different ways which was super handy and you know i was really impressed with the bag especially if you start adding stuff on that for some reason it hinders the original way you wanted it but you can now adapt it yeah yeah you can adapt it to you know many different mounting points and like you know, the first time you use it, it's like, hey, this will work great. You know, through, you know, my extra GoPro batteries, a little tripod, you know, the other GoPro and, you know, a couple of bottles of water and sweatshirt, whatever. I mean, everything is easy accessible and you go somewhere. Cool. Pop it off, put the straps on, take your camera, all your gear. If you're, you know, at a bike show or whatnot, everything's right in your bag and pop it off in five seconds. Yeah. And then it's on your back and away you go to go do your stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I'm impressed with the bag. It's. You know, I want to use it a few more times and then do another review for him. I did a little unboxing video when I got it, but it's like I told him, I said, I want to use this a few times before I go do some review and, and let people know what I think about it, not just a, a one-time use and, and look at it. I said, I'm going to put it through his paces and, you know, if I run into weather, I do, but, you know, I want to use it and get a good opinion of the quality, but so far, I'm really impressed with it. That's good. That's dope. So, yeah, yeah. Well, shoot, buddy. Thanks for, uh, you know, coming, hanging out and, and doing a, a live one on YouTube as opposed to the audio. I think you're, what, a three-time offender here now? <laughs> <laughs> now people can see the mustache, they just hear it. That's right. <laughs> Trying to take over the Sam Elliott as he gets older. You're, you're going to be the new one with the it's so mustache. Funny I've never been a fan of it. I hate the way it feels on my lips, but... It's just like a trip. People see it and they're like, "Oh, I know you." And then like Connor. And then the other day I was at a, a shop barbecue for a buddy's shop down in South Austin, and I'm there taking photos, dressed normal, you know, how I normally do. And this guy passes by me, looking at me, and I'm just like, "Hey, what's up, dude? Whatever, taking photos." And then later on, like 30 minutes an hour later, he like slaps me like on the shoulder. He goes, "I know you. You're that dude who tracks his Harley." And I'm like Connor, <laughs> yeah. I saw the mustache. I was like, dang, I look smooth. I saw the camera. I was like, bing. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, that's funny, dude. Hey, thank you there, DZ GTI. Man, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing this. And, you know, Connor's just an awesome dude to, to hang out with, man. Thank you. Yeah, and then also the girls this year, for some reason, like, mustaches are really in. Like, I've, I've never had this many compliments on a mustache. And uh, it's just, like, all over the place. Like, oh, I'm kind of scared. Because uh, it's, like, just a trademark. So I just rock it. And now I'm starting to come enjoy it. Like, especially if I'm trying to grow out, like, the mullet. It's like a mullet mohawk, so it's all coming together. Plus, with the cowboy hat, mustache plays. Shoot. See, I just, I can't do the long mustache. I've tried to let it go, and it's like, fuck, I drink a beer, and I have beers on my mustache, or food's it's like, so I, hard. Just, uh, I can't it's fucking like, do it. Beer salt, like, I find it, so I, like, that's why I keep on doing this. Like, <laughs> uh, if I ever go on dates, I don't go out to eat wings, because, like, unless it's with the boys, like, that's wings with the boys. Uh, but, like, dates, no wings, no sandwiches, no ice cream. Yeah, everywhere. I'm just like, I ain't good life to. lessons right there. Yeah, yeah. Anybody looking to grow a stash? Yeah, don't do ice cream on a date. You're eating a drink from a straw. <laughs> Yogurt. <laughs> Slurpees. Done. Can you blend that? <laughs> oh, put that in the ninja. Sometimes I'll go to uh, restaurants, and I'm not much of a dessert person, but every once in a while I get a sweet tooth. And they'll be like, oh, can we offer you, uh, interest you in desserts? I'm like, can y'all do whipped cream in a cup? They're like, what are you, like, four? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> good. So they'll bring it. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, here you go. Like, rah, 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 rah. It's so good. But it's like, 
one of those odd things so it probably wouldn't be too out like additionally odd if i asked if they can blend stuff hey can i get a cheesecake yeah. blended can i get that in a slurpee <laughs> <laughs> oh it's like we went, when i was at big spring uh we went to what's called pizza inn which is like uh cc's i love i love buffet places with, with pizza so we go there and like the they, they have servers which was odd for like a pizza buffet i go was so she's sitting us down i think it was ray who ordered something she goes we don't have that and i go is there anything else i go i don't suppose y'all have topo chico she goes what's that and i go the fact that you have to ask what it is means that y'all probably don't have it but it's like fuzzy water and she goes oh yeah we don't have that okay <laughs> fuzzy water yeah it's yeah it's in uh sparkling water topo chico's cup soda Oh, sparkling but, water. When you say fuzzy, I'm like, what the fuck it's is just fuzzy water? To say it, either that or spicy water. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have that. Now, spicy water, that's called vodka in your water bottle, buddy. That's spicy water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the stories of that shit. Here's one. Years ago, one of my wife's girlfriends is over here, and she came over, so she brought her own vodka in her water bottle. Well, they left went home, and she just left it in her fridge. So the next day, you know, this is when... God, Hayden was five or six years old, which, of course, he's 22 now. And he runs in to grab a bottle of water. He takes a drink, and he's, like, making these faces. And, you know, we look at him. Wife's like, Hayden, just drink your water. And he takes another drink. He's like, <laughs> God, this it's spicy water. And fuck, wife takes a drink. Fuck, that's Rachel's vodka. <laughs> you know, and that, you know, from then on out, vodka just became spicy water. Uh-huh. That's right. Drink your water. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Oh, yeah. Funny, Mary. Yeah. You said fuzzy water made me think of, you know, the old spicy water. The old Kirkland water bottle full of vodka. <laughs> the old memories. Yes, sir. For sure, man. Well, buddy, thank you so much, man. Hey, let everybody know where they can, you know, find you out on all your social media. Plug yourself for all the people tuning in. Yes, sir. My OnlyFans is, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me pretty much anything. It's going to be ConnorFXDB, uh, TikTok, Instagram. We've been recently starting to do TikTok. So if you happen to have it, feel free to go follow me. I'd appreciate the support. We're trying to grow that and get more brand deals with Western Wear on that. But uh, Instagram is ConnorFXDB. That's our main source. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, and then also YouTube is Connor affects me for some of like the older traditional videos on installs, etc. We have a new channel KRD Moto, but that one's going to be stagnant just because we haven't been focusing much on YouTube. It's mainly Instagram and TikTok. And that's it. That's what it is. Well, hell yeah, buddy, man. Thank you again for coming out and hanging out tonight, man. It's always fun to catch up and, and, and shoot the shit with you, man. You're somebody I you know consider a good friend. You're such, you know, a positive, you know, upbeat individual and man it's just it's so much fun to hang out and shoot the shit because you're just you're a very genuine individual and an awesome dude thank you sir i appreciate you and i appreciate the opportunity always always a pleasure man for sure for sure man hey everybody thanks for tuning in tonight with the mile post 104 man we're heading down the highway tipping those mile posts so we'll catch you soon at mile post 105 till then guys hey ride safe have fun enjoy the open road and we'll catch you in the crossroads